Hello. Welcome to season two of Get Out a Rap. Uh, sorry, it's been it's been a while, hasn't it? November, I think, was the last time I did a recording. I'd like to say it was for business purposes, the the long gap, um, but that wouldn't be true. The reason being, and it's all positive, is uh, I fell in love. So fell in love. Uh, met a lovely lady. We've moved in together at the start of the lockdown, which was interesting. So hello to Bev, if you're listening. But glad to be back. Um, Got some new features without losing any of the ethos um, of the podcast. Always wanted this to be a community-based podcast where you feel like you can add input come on to the podcast, um, talk. For those people that I didn't get round to having on last season, um, thanks for bearing with me. I'll get more time now to do these. Um, I've got the backing of the company I work for, BPA Quality, so very happy about that. And we start season two uh, with me chatting to Dino Forte. Dino is the CEO of Ventrica, Uh, a well-known, award-winning outsourcer, and we talk about how he's and his leadership team and everyone there managed to get all of their people working from home due to the coronavirus crisis, Um, a bit about his history and his personal experience. Hope Hope you enjoy it. It's good to be back and hope you're all safe and well. Hi, Dino. How are you doing? Good, good. We uh, got connected in the end. We got there in the end. Um, Dino, thanks very much for joining me and agreeing to give up some of your time to to share your experiences and tell us about yourself and everything that's been going on with um, Ventrica. I'm uh, really looking forward to this, and I'm sure people that are listening in will be as well. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for asking me on. No worries. Um, with, a, with all of these podcasts in the past, it seems that people are really interested, and I know I am, in just hearing about you to start with. So you're the CEO of um, Ventrica. It, how did that come about? Where, where did it all start for you? Goodness. Um, so, well, so I've been in the, in the outsourced customer management space now for, well, since 1997, actually, is when I set up um, my first sort of uh, customer management center outsourcer if you like um that business um was acquired in 2007 um by quite a large indian company um and uh i had a few years out of the business and, and rather foolishly decided to start all over again in 2010 <laughs> um, so uh, um i i think you, you you know you you know i'm a real uh enthusiast in terms of the industry and and customer contact and you know it, it, it's something you either love it i guess or, or or you don't but i i do so um it's either that or or, or i'm a glutton for punishment what is it about the industry that you love do you know what i i i, I love um, i'm a big people person um i, I really like people uh, so I, I think that that helps when you're you're in our type of industry. But I I get you know I I get quite excited about uh, customer experience. What what can we do to 
um, really differentiate and and go above and beyond for the end customer on behalf of our clients. And a few years back, um, before I started Venture, I was looking at the industry and how it was evolving and and you know becoming more digital. And you know, if you look at, at the younger generation, you know, kids of today don't even speak to themselves. It, it's all uh, instant messaging. Mm. Uh, so why would they want to speak to organizations on into the future? So I could see the way the industry was evolving and, and I was able to to look at setting up venture really with a, um, a clean sheet of paper and really set it up to be digitally enabled. And, and really that, that was 10 years ago now and we've been on that journey and, and we've, we've certainly have been and continue to be at the forefront of, of digital in innovation in the outsourced customer management space. So that was very much my driver. And um, I think, like a lot of people, um, we've come in, I've come into contact with um, people from Ventrica and seen a lot from you guys and love your kind of ethos. Is, is there anything, what are the things that have kind of stood the test of time from when you started in 2010 to now what are the keys? What's what's the most important things that you wanted to install and instill, and keep about Ventrica? What what was the eth what what is the ethos behind it? So so for me, it's all about the, the people, and and that that remains. I mean, yes, we we use all types of clever technology and and so on and so forth, but really, it's about the people because. And then that's been the challenge as we grow, we, you know, we've grown over the years. You know, how do you keep that, that sort of uh, people-centric ethos when you've got, as we are today, 800-odd staff? Um, and that, that has to come from the top down. So we, we've been very careful about who we recruit, um, the, the, the types of people we recruit, uh, and also you know, instilling in everybody that, that, it, that it is all about our people and, and, and looking after our people. And, and for me, it's, it's the simplest of things. It's, it's about taking that time, particularly in the mornings when you, you come into the office, to say hello to, to everybody and make sure mm. it's okay. And if you have time, to take that time to, to spend with people and also making sure that people know that if there's a, an issue or a problem that... Um, there's always somebody there to, to support and help. And when we've done things over the years for staff that you would never know about, nobody would ever know about, um, where we've been able to do things to, to help people personally. Mm. But for me, it's that big thing. It's about being, you know, uh, omnipresent and, um, and really taking care of your people. And, and, and for me, that I've always said, you know, if we, if we take care of our staff and, and genuinely take care of people and do your best because... You can't always get it right, and you know it, it's uh, it's it's a constant, uh, constantly evolving scene. But but I think if you do genuinely care about people that, and you look do your best to look after them, then they'll repay that in spades in the way they look after our clients' customers. Yeah, and I think people are forgiving as well, aren't they? You mentioned there about you haven't always got it right, but if your intentions are the, in the best possible way, then you know people are going to kind of buy into that. And I've I, I know, and I think most people in the industry will know, and I've heard people refer to themselves as, as ventricans, um, and that massively talks to the esprit de corps that you've you've generated. Was that a conscious thing, or was that happened kind of just organically? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Um, 
I mean, I, the first time I heard it was, it was a good few years back now. But um, um, our team started, uh, a lot of people started calling themselves Ventricans and it, it kind of resonated and, and carried on. But certainly uh, there was no directive from myself or our, <laughs> or our leadership team. Guys, you, you, you must start calling yourselves Ventricans. But, but, but it was great. It was great that um, staff should feel yeah, that, it's that brilliant. Um, connection to the business and that they wanted to, to call themselves Ventricans. And, and it's, yeah, it's stuck ever since and over the years. Um, so, yeah. So going into 2020, um, you guys have, you know, you've won awards, you're, you're seemingly doing things the right way, you've got a good, I guess, the year was, you're, you're excited about what the year would bring. And then, like everyone, um, the coronavirus hit. And could you take us through those, those first few days when you thought, do you know what, Our, to keep going, we're going to have to try and get 800 people at home. What... Can you remember that? What was that like, that kind of first period? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, really uh, worrying. Um, scary, actually, because mm. you kind of think, my goodness, is, you know, what's going to happen here? Uh, we, we, what, what, we, we moved really, really quickly, and uh, I've heard various things said that we were one of the first outsourcers to get a full, at, you know, at-home work solution in place. Mm. And we did so in early March, but I think what, what prompted it was that we, in the very, very early stages, early March, when um, it, it really became apparent that this, uh, this virus was, was starting to, uh, to impact, we had um, one of our guys turned up for his shift, and it was a night shift. And thankfully, at that time of night, we only had about 25, 30 people in, but he arrived to his shift having been off not very well arrived on site coughing and spluttering mm. um that immediately set alarm bells ringing with um with uh, our manager on 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 call at the time and um we so we sent him home um but we we were then concerned that my goodness you know the, the other 25 30 people on shift at the time if if this guy has got covid-19 of course there was nothing to say that he actually had it but yeah we just decided we couldn't take any chances, so um, we had to send everybody home that night. The following morning, we had to move hundreds of people across to our site, a second site, which thankfully is not far away. It's literally uh, a couple of thousand metres away. Um, and then we had to have a company come in and deep clean um, the site. So we, we looked at that. We did that. We deep cleaned the site. Business, you know, business went on absolutely uninterrupted, but. We then moved everybody back onto our pilot house site. But, you know, it just, it just occurred to us that we'd just done that, that, you know, spent thousands of pounds deep cleaning, mm. concerned about everybody who then had to self-isolate. And we just thought, you know what? We just deep cleaned this site. What if somebody comes in on the other site with exactly the same symptoms, even though we've asked everybody if there are any symptoms, don't, please don't come in. Mm. Um, and, and we find ourselves suddenly deep cleaning the second site. It could just be a, a reoccurring yeah. theme. So we decided, look, this, this, this just won't do. So we need to do something quickly. And we need to really see if we can get everybody working from home safely. Um, so number one priority was making sure our staff were safe. Um, but, but, but it, was, it, it 
that that was the key thing. But it was born, I think, out of a a thought: look, can we really run these centres um, with hundreds and hundreds of people in them safely? And you know, if, if something happens to one of our staff, I personally wouldn't be able to live it down if I felt no. that I hadn't mm. done absolutely everything possible mm. to safeguard them. So. So that was very much the, the, the thought process, and we just thought, Let, let's move quickly. Now, we already had around 40-odd uh, staff working from home, and they were mainly multilingual staff, Germans, Dutch, Italians, French. Um, we have about 100-odd multilingual staff, but we were struggling to find more German and Dutch staff locally. So, um, so thankfully, we already had home working experience. But, you know, if anybody had said to me, look, you know, you're, you're going to have 800 staff all working from home within a matter of weeks, and effectively, I, I, I wouldn't. Have been, <laughs> you know, I'd probably laugh them out of the room. So those, um, the people that you already had working at home, that had been to address what a lot of people suffer from. I, I know from firsthand the kind of multilingual recruitment challenges. So you had these people working from home, and then when when you were through wanting to protect the safety of your um, people, thinking, okay, now we have to take what we've done for 40 and just replicate that for all 800. Did you have kind of, how how did you go about doing that? Who did you bring together to kind of deal with that? Because you've done it in a really, you did it in a really short space of time, right? Yeah, so... um... I mean, by the 23rd of March, we had 95% of our workforce deployed from home. And in fact, um, the only 5% that, that weren't actually working from home were the people that were getting everybody home mm. and making sure the tech and uh, was sitting together. So, um, I mean, our, our IT and ops teams have been absolutely phenomenal. So in terms of, of the IT side of things, it was a massive um, uh, almost like military operations mm. to get everybody working from home. So first and foremost, a survey went out to all of our staff to understand who had kit indoors that would be fit for purpose, mm. um, that we could safely log into our network in terms of the, the sort of uh, governance and compliance piece, making sure that everything was safe and secure. And for those that didn't, um, we had to start shipping out hundreds of PCs. So we had teams of people driving, you know, we had to wipe all the PCs clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean clean from German, but I mean, yeah. wipe, wipe the <laughs> machines down so they're yeah. absolutely fit to, to uh, fit the purpose to work from home and then deliver those machines out to people's homes. We then had to, everybody had to do a bandwidth test to check they had sufficient bandwidth to be able to connect and work in, in a remote environment. We had to get headsets out, so, you know, hundreds and hundreds of headsets out. For those headsets that were coming from within the office, we had to, to purchase dongles um, so that they could be used in a, a home environment. Um, and then, for more headsets, we had to um, purchase a, a lot of um, uh, Wi-Fi headsets, so just, just pure sort of um, normal headsets that could be deployed in the same situation so it was a massive logistical operation to get it um, up and running working and um, 
yeah, I mean, it's it's phenomenal what's been achieved, really. And during that time, are you still are you still maintaining? Are you still conducting business to some extent, or is it? Was there a period where it was like, you know, we just have to, we're going to have to turn it off, dial it right down, um, or did it was a kind of like staggered back up to normal kind of operating levels? So, so what sort of happened in in the first three to four weeks? It was it was kind of business as usual. Um, and then we started um, having clients contact us saying, look, you know, um, I won't mention a name, but one of our clients is a, quite a, a, a well-known global restaurant chain. And um, mm. they closed a lot of the restaurants. So we were finding ourselves mm. in a situation where we had a lot of staff who were suddenly going to be in a situation that we had no work for them. But thankfully... Mm. Um, we won some contracts working on um, some of these national COVID-19 initiatives, again, um, without mentioning exactly what they are. Um, yeah, sure. Um, but, but, but that have required hundreds, literally hundreds of people. So um, thankfully, we were able to redeploy a, a lot of staff on existing contracts onto new uh, government-type contracts, um, COVID-19 initiatives that, that has meant that Certainly, where we sit here today, we're in a, a net headcount gain situation as opposed to, to loss. But um, what we don't know is where this is all going. Um, we mm, don't of course. know when the, the potentially the, the COVID-19 initiatives come to a, an end um, and maybe our existing business doesn't pick up accordingly. So, But, but the great thing at the moment... Um, is we've been able to maintain 98.7 of our workforce in employment. So, you know, yeah, That's literally great. nobody has lost jobs. So unfortunately, we had to furlough seven or eight cleaners uh, on site because the sites are now closed and we didn't have any work mm. for them. But, but, but aside from that, um, we've been able to keep nearly 100% of our workforce employed still. And that's been, uh, I'm really thankful of that, really. <laughs> Yeah, and for a people-centric person like yourself, I guess that's the the KPI in this period that means the most to you. Um, what what would you say the kind of the what have been the biggest challenges um, in in doing this? And has there been anything that you've thought I I, w- I will not forget what this you know some of the lessons learned? Yeah, yeah, I think the um, it's a good question. I, I mean, the, the challenges have been immense you know um from Mm. the technical rollout to you know making sure communication channels are are working so that everybody's kept in the loop so we have an intranet um of which our leadership team um push out information on regularly but but also every single person in the company is on microsoft teams so from a staff Mm -hmm. engagement perspective that that's been fantastic to be able to get information out to everybody, let everybody know what, what we're doing. Um, the, um, you know, in the absence of, of physical face-to-face communication, I mean, Teams and Zoom has, and, and the company-wide intranet has been absolutely brilliant for ensuring we can keep staff motivation up, um, you know, rolling out uh, quality assurance, uh, onboarding of new employees, because a lot of 
new staff we've had to bring bring on board have had to be criminal record checked for the various COVID nineteen initiatives. And um, mm. it, it, you know, recruiting, onboarding, training has been you know has had to be done by video. <laughs> you know, it, it's been yeah, it, it's been yeah. amazing really, and um, how we've managed to engage and uh, recruit, onboard, and train our staff and also redeploy our existing staff that, that also takes you know hell of a lot of operational effort and, and training to make sure that we can we've been able to reposition staff onto new projects when their existing ones have come to an end but i think the biggest thing for us so the, the staff have been fantastic and 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 they've been appreciative because they knew that everybody knows that we acted as quickly as we could to get to get mm. to, to get them home working from home safely and, and I think they've been the feedback I've had I've had so many personal messages saying thank you we really appreciate you got us home quickly and and and, um, and for the, and for that 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 was really pleasing but 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 the biggest thing was you know the the keeping the staff engagement working we've had lots of technical glitches as you can imagine when you suddenly hundreds of people yeah. working from home you know, sometimes there might be a bit of a bandwidth issue. Um, but on the whole, it's just worked so smoothly. Um, and, and, yeah, it's been a, a massive learning curve for us. Um, but, but, yeah, I, I couldn't, I could, uh, you know, I couldn't have believed how well it would have gone, um, honestly. No. And these are the things that um, this period is, I think everyone has gone... If you, like you say, if someone had asked you beforehand, do you think over a couple of week period this entire operation could still be functioning, but everyone would be sat at home? You would say, "Well, no, that, that's not going to happen." Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's um, it, it, it's absolutely unbelievable uh, what's been achieved. It just shows when you, you know, when your your teams get together and uh, and work together, you know. It's been a, a truly heroic and collective effort, really, by everybody. So, yeah, I'm really proud of that. That's great to hear. What, um, from an employee engagement point of view, then, how how are you or how are your teams and your managers and team leaders operating to facilitate that? So over and above, people are working. You've got them up and working. But how do you keep that sense of engagement and also what it means to be a, a ventricon how, how are you doing that so a, a lot of it is is done in the engagement process on video so for instance all of our managers will have regular are in regular conversations with our team so they'll do zoom zoom team meetings um they'll have one-to-ones via zoom um we we're pushing out our marketing department are pushing out lots of um competitions and things to keep people engaged the great thing as well, though, on teams has been, particularly when we've got new recruits and they get a difficult question, um, they've been able to push out a message across teams and get a quick answer back. We've had hmm. our training team and our management team have been able to really set up um, training sessions on Zoom where one of our newer staff, for example, can fire up a question and get a really quick answer back. That's been invaluable, really. Um, 
but but in terms of the the, the, the overall engagement piece, it's really about um, making feel, people feel you know valued, letting people know that we're there for them and we're there to support them. Um, and as I say, these technologies have, have really helped us do that. And have you seen um, some people love working from home and it's actually they, they are flourishing and equally others that it's been a struggle or it still is a struggle? How are you sort of gauging that? Yeah, that's a good question. We, we have um, a lot of staff are saying they miss the office environment because we, we've created an environment that's, that's really quite vibrant, very modern. Um, lots of space. People have great views out over over the Thames estuary. It's a lovely environment, and and people. A lot of the feedback we've been getting from our staff is they miss that environment. There's a lot of people saying they they also like working from home. Um, but I I think the thing about what we do in the main. I mean, um, clearly in 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 the customer service business, a lot of the time we're dealing with people who are upset because their products arrived and it's damaged or a parcel mm. hasn't arrived or mm. something's happened and and mm. i think the environment that we have is really key because when you've had a really quite distressing conversation whether that's a digital conversation or a, or a voice conversation um to have people around that you that that, that that you can bounce off is is really helpful and yeah. i don't think you can ever replicate that in a home environment you can get as near as damn it and you can have support from you know digital support with teams and you can get on the phone to a manager if you feel a bit distressed and and uh, but but you can't replicate that sort of work environment where you know you know your manager can take you off into a room and say look don't worry have a, sit down take a break um yeah and we're trying to replicate that and we are doing so to a degree um in a home environment where for instance at the moment we're dealing with quite a lot of distressing calls we've had calls from customers who are i hate to say it but suicidal you know or mm -hmm. they've got mental health problems and, and we've been mm -hmm. able to listen to some of our staff um looking after that customer and it, uh, it's amazing actually and and at the end of that call um we you know the manager said look you know take some time out just you know just take take half an hour take an hour you know, take some time out because, and are you okay? And we've had our clients who have come back to us and said, wow, I mean, the way your member of staff dealt with that customer has been amazing and inspirational almost because we've had people who are maybe on their own and in a flat and, and they've, they've got nobody to talk to. And, you know, and we've just said, look, take as much time as you need. Don't, don't worry. And, mm. and, and yeah, it's um, yeah, that's been challenging when you're not in the office environment, but it's it's working uh, still, which is is great. Yeah, that's great to hear. And it, it, you never underestimate the impact of um, being on the phones, whether voice or digital. And like you say, it's regardless of the industry, invariably these are not all. The majority of your contacts with customers are not necessarily positive and that's got to go somewhere hasn't it there's the the person dealing with that at some level soaks that up so that kind of duty of care or even just alleviating some of that by having a laugh with the person sat next to you that's what that's what keeps people going and to 
the challenge of replicating that isn't always an obvious one, whereas the technical requirements, there is an end, there's a start and a finish to doing it, isn't there? So, yeah, no, yeah uh, absolutely. I think the, um, you know, the, it, it's all about the, the people, you know, at the end of the day, um, especially with, with, you know, we've had people who are working on retail products, for example, um, having to be retrained to deal with highly sensitive situations with, with vulnerable people. Had to go through mm. the whole video-based vulnerable people training, how to deal with vulnerable people, um, list, you know, the listening skills that are involved, and, and knowing what to say and when to say it. Um, it it's been, um, yeah, it's been a big transition for, for some of our staff, but, but they've just coped with it so well. Um, you know, it really is, uh, yeah. It's 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 evident you're very proud of your team and 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 rightly so. And um, I guess we should touch upon during this period. Of course, you personally, um, am I right in thinking, had coronavirus? Yes. Um, about well, it's about four weeks ago now. Um, I woke up. Uh, must have been close to midnight. Burning hot. Um, feeling really really awful. Um, Got up, couldn't couldn't breathe that well. Was uh, struggling to uh, to to to, uh, to breathe enough air into my lungs, and um, which is quite quite worrying. Uh, and mm. um, the uh, the more you you try to suck in air, um, the more pain you get in your chest. It almost felt like somebody was, was sat on my chest, so it was uh, not particularly pleasant. Um, and um, I had to have the paramedics out, um, funnily enough. And, uh, um, but anyway, uh, came through, had to come through the other side of it, but it absolutely knocked me for six. And uh, really? yeah, I, I can't quite describe it other than to say it's a really bad feeling of the flu, but with breathing difficulties as well, which I've never experienced before. So it's uh, <laughs> not, not, not very nice. But And, and even now, no, no. Later, I'd still wake up in the morning feeling hot and, and in the evening it sort of hits you in the morning and it hits you in the evening again. But, um, you know, just the shortness of breath is probably the, the, the scariest thing, not, not, not particularly pleasant. So you can actually see, absolutely see how elderly people succumb to it. It's, it's pretty unforgiving. Mm. And how did, how's that impacted you? Um, just it, it being able to still work and, um, try and kind of lead lead the operation. That must have you must have been out of the game. What for? Uh, how, however long? Yeah, it was about a week. I was sort of pretty much incapacitated and just, you know no energy at all to um, to really uh, to, to, to work. But um, the leadership team have been phenomenal, and, and thankfully, you know, they the business ran. Uh, just as well without me. In fact, they were probably pleased I, I wasn't there <laughs> for a week. Get well soon, but, you know, just stay stay there. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, no it, was, it was fine. We've got a great leadership team and, you know, um, the business uh, carried on uh, just, just perfectly well. Um, after about a week, I, I was able to sort of rejoin um, calls. So we have an 11 o'clock, Teams call with the leadership team and various departments where we 
discuss what's what's sort of happened um, the day before and planning what we're doing um, for the following week and so on and so forth. So everything's pretty much carried on, but it wiped me out for a good week. Um, um, but but yeah, then I was able to sort of carry on. Well, I'm just glad that you recovered. But like you say, this gives you first-hand knowledge of um, just the terrible impact this this virus is is having. Um, thanks for sharing that. Um, when it comes to both you and and your um, your business, but also the industry, what what do you think the impact of this is is going to be? What do you think? How do you envisage things looking? going forward uh, you know as as some let's hope these lockdown restrictions air, uh, start to ease and that later on in the year or maybe the end of the year there's a there's a vaccine but what do you what do you think this means for for you and and also for the industry it's um yeah it's the, the million dollar question i think the, the i mean what's been interesting for us has been that since we've deployed all 800 staff from home um, we've been uh, our sickness has been something around three percent. Um, whereas, you know, I've heard reports that a lot of companies still running um, high volumes of staff in their centres are running at something like fifty percent thickness. So we've, mm. yeah, so from our perspective, that, that's been phenomenal. We've had literally, you know, incredibly low. I mean, if you think sickness typically in the industry runs at you know, four to five percent. We're running at three percent. It's That's it's amazing. Been really amazing. So I, I think mm. the, um, you know, we, we, I believe there will be more, certainly more homeworking. Um, however, I would hope that once the vaccine's found, we'll be able to resume. You know, people working from site. Because as I say, the big thing about working from site is the atmosphere. You know, buying mm. into the brands that we work on behalf of the, their ethos and culture. You know, how do you replicate their mm. ethos and culture? And 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 um, you know that I think that whole environment creates better customer experiences. At the end of the day, if you're working with mm. people, you feel part of that brand and culture. It's really hard to replicate that in the home environment. And you know with within the centers we have lots of sort of branding around all the desks and we very much replicate that brand culture and a lot of our staff if you say look who do you work for now they'll say that brand so, mm. so i think i i think it's unlikely that you know um unless there's uh some medical reason people can't go back into the centers then um we would hope, I would hope that we can go back and work as normal. But I do feel that we will continue increasing our homeworking because we've proved beyond all reasonable doubt, doubt that we can, we can do everything that we've been able to do in the office from home um, and, and very well as well. So, uh, you know, I, but my feeling is that it, it will be interesting to see what happens. So, for example, if you've got... Um, companies out there that maybe didn't have strong balance sheets and didn't have the liquidity within the business. It'll be interesting to see what the fallout might be at the end of all this, but I'm hopeful that, you know, um, companies will carry on and, and come out the other side of this, but it looks like we're headed into a, 
an economic meltdown and and um it, it'll be interesting to see how that affects our industry yeah i think um as you've evidenced on a on a larger scale i mean you make some really, really interesting points there. We've seen something similar with sickness levels um, as well. But I think what comes across, um, and your story really highlights that, is that kind of agility, flexibility and creativity of people. Once they collaborate and teams coming together, they can achieve anything. And you'd like to think that it, whilst it is no one's under any illusions, I don't think this is going to be a very, very tough period, even once the immediate threat of the of the virus kind of dissipates. Like you say, economically, there's going to be consequences. But you'd like to think that our industry has shown, and you're, you and all of the team at Ventrica are, are a great example of that, that when challenged, we are nimble and resilient enough to be able to still be there for our clients and customers yeah i think it what will be interesting is i mean generally if you look at our industry we tend to flourish in a recession so um typically companies will say will look to potentially reduce headcount um they're looking for greater flexibility for example um that, that you can sort of get from outsourcing so in a recession we tend to to flourish. Um, what will be interesting um, when we come out the other side of this is if you think that roughly 75 to 80% of companies run contact centres in-house, so they're captive. So mm. it would be interesting to see whether some companies say, look, you know, do we want to have a full in-house solution or should we outsource it or should we outsource part of it just to give ourselves... Um, better redundancy, greater flexibility. And, and I think a lot of organisations might well look at that. The other thing is is the offshoring piece where a lot of companies have gone offshore um, to save costs, but they found there's been some particular problems offshore where um, the sickness over there has been really bad. And mm-hmm. a lot of these companies have not been able to move people to work from home because let's just say um, in South Africa, for example, a lot of staff uh, come in from townships and they don't have decent broadband. Mm. So they've not been Mm. able to move people home. And and a lot of companies have suffered because they've not been able to communicate with their customers. So it'll be interesting to see at the end of it, will companies, more companies look to outsource? Will they feel more comfortable with that? Um, and will some of the the offshore work come back onshore because of what's happened? Um, that's the question. Yeah, and um, you make some really valid points, and there's definitely definitely interesting interesting times ahead. But um, you know your your personal story and your story and your achievement with the with the team there at Ventrica is to be applauded, and I think just kind of highlights what we are capable of in this in this industry and that kind of that kind of gives me hope as to that we'll rise to we'll rise to any challenge so um it's been great um having you on dino um thanks very much and i wish you and all your fellow ventricans all the best for thanks, the future Martin. thanks thanks for inviting me on and it's, it's been great uh, great speaking to you uh, stay safe and good luck. thank you very much
Thanks. Yeah, stay Take safe, care. Dino. Good Cheers, best. mate. Bye. Thanks. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed chatting to Dino. I thought that was really interesting, really insightful. So thank you very much, Dino. Um, coming up next week, we have John Devlin. John is the CEO of Ascensos, and he shares his experience in in building that company and also how they reacted to uh, the coronavirus crisis. So that'll be next week. Thanks a lot for listening, and please welcome all any comments, questions. If there's people you want on or you want to come on yourself or there's topics you want me to cover, please just contact it, contact me on LinkedIn or on my email. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.